Hello and welcome to the Sunshine House. My name is Zanny Louise and I'm a children's author recording this interview on Bundjalung land in northern New South Wales. I spent all of last week camping, which is really fun. Camping's always fun with a bunch of families, a bunch of kids, a whole lot of nature. And usually for me, the style of camping is quite conducive to writing time. With the kids all busy with their friends, riding bikes, etc. I tend to spend a lot of time sitting with my computer on my own and writing. So I'm having a lot of fun progressing my story, really getting lost in the world of the characters and discovering their journey page by page, paragraph by paragraph. We're also talking this week to Alice Boyle, who won last year's text prize with Dancing Barefoot. Uh, it's a really fun novel for young adults. It's, I guess, romantic comedy, maybe not so much comedy, but just really fun and joyful, positive queer fiction, I suppose you could say. I'll let Alice introduce you to the book and tell you a little more about it and the characters and the world and Alice's process writing this book and what it's like to win the text prize, all of that fun stuff. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Alice Boyle today. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the Sunshine House. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Well, I am in the midst of your wonderful new book or debut book, I guess, uh, Dancing Barefoot. How does it feel to have a real life book out in the world? It is a very strange feeling. I have to to tell you, it's been a long held dream of mine. I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I was teeny tiny little kid like I can't remember ever having wanted to do anything else so Mm. it's pretty um a very wild experience but a very good one and and not a bad place to start by winning the text prize in 2021 and you know that's that's not bad no not too shabby I, (laughs) I fully you know I actually wasn't even going to enter it but my partner sort of, you know, pushed me to do it. Said, I just do it, you know, like, what have you got to lose? It's super straightforward. Like, they don't even charge an entry fee. Like, you literally don't even, you're not even going to lose 20 bucks over this. Uh-huh. Do it. And I entered it and I promptly forgot. Like, really genuinely thought, like, yeah, no chance in hell. And um, then Sophie Mannix called to say, oh, you've been shortlisted. And I, she was like, hi, Sophie calling from text. And I was like, text? I don't know anyone at text. And I had a little like shriek on the tram. And then I was like, well, I've been shortlisted. Well, that was nice. That was good. You know. Yeah. Would have been happy with that. Yeah. I was like, that's a really amazing achievement. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, and then when Jane called me a few weeks later, Jane, my editor, called a few weeks later and said, Oh, you've actually won. screamed in her ear the poor thing <laughs> she's <laughs> clearly forgiven you because she did a pretty good job editing the book well, oh <laughs> yeah she's um she is so incredibly skilled I was incredibly lucky to have Jane at the helm sort of being the one to to whip dancing barefoot into shape because she just has just this um I guess what's the word? I guess just yes, it's incredible instinct for mm. story and for character. And she would be, you know, picking apart these things, saying, "Would Patch say this? I don't know if that's actually her." Mm. I was like, you know what? Actually, Jane, 
99.99999% of the time you are right <laughs> the moral of the story the editor is pretty much always right <laughs> even if at first it doesn't feel like it because you're quite yeah. attached to your story um well before we go any further uh tell us about dancing barefoot what is the story about yeah so it's a queer young adult romantic comedy it's about a girl called patch who is a bit of a fish out of water um, she's a scholarship kid at a very fancy hoity-toity private school. She doesn't have a whole lot of friends. She has one friend called Edwin, um, and they're both, you know, kind of pretty nerdy together. <laughs> she is gay, not out, although I didn't want to tell a coming out story, but that's, you know, for later. And she has this massive crush on this girl called Evie, who is just completely out of her league, golden child, basketball team, just super popular, um, straight, you know, devastatingly, like, heart-wrenching crush. And Evie happens to be best friends with Abigail um, Richards, who is Patch's nemesis. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw in a bit of conflict, why don't you? Of course, yeah. gotta have conflict. <laughs> um, and anyway, one day Patch and, like, Evie has no idea that Patch exists, and then one day they sort of have a, have a little run-in encounter and they sort of start to become friends. So Patch is sort of having to figure out how to, yeah, juggle her her friendship, her new friendship with Evie, with her friendship with Edwin, trying not to neglect him, trying to negotiate these these new sort of social waters um, with Evie and Abigail, and you know, trying to deal with the fact that she's oh, totally hopeless, unrequited crush. Oh, I remember those days. Oh, <laughs> those, yeah. days those days, the days of the all-encompassing crushes. Oh. Gosh. Yes, and it's all you can think about. You do capture it very well in your writing, uh, this time in your life where something like an all-encompassing crush can, yeah, completely rule your life. Uh, this, yeah, so much I want to talk about. I guess, yeah, the setting to me felt really uh, real. I did used to live in Brunswick, so I, I feel like you captured that very well. Is Are you from Brunswick yourself? I'm not actually, um, funnily enough. But I have lived in Brunswick, but actually I started writing the book and, you know, set it in Brunswick before I moved there. So, oh. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I remember when I started writing it, Brunswick just felt right mm. for Patch. Patch is a little, she's a little scrappy. She's a little, <laughs> you know, she's a little scruffy, but she's also very interesting and excited about the world. And Brunswick just felt like, yeah, a good fit for her. You know, she's not. She's kind of like Brunswick in a way. You know, Brunswick is a little scruffy and scrappy and a little rough around the edges in some places, and but like in an endearing way. So. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a great fit, definitely. And her real name's Patty Smith, which was a fun little twist. Are you a Patty Smith fan? I, you know what, I I like Patty Smith, but I'm not actually. A lot of people have have said, oh, you know, she must be your your favorite musician. She's actually not. <laughs> Don't tell her that though. Yeah. I know. I feel a bit guilty saying it. Um, the, some of her songs I just adore, but I'm not like one of those hardcore fans who's like, yes, deep dive. You know, read all her books. That's not actually me, which is a bit embarrassing. To oh, say. that's okay. Yeah. Total aside, I actually met her. Um, oh, really? Yeah, she, when I worked at Anna Schwartz Gallery, she did a show there. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like, wow, I met. 
Patty Smith. Anyway, I'm I don't know a lot about her work other than that, but she is a very cool woman and a really cool namesake for your character, Patch. Like she's she was like pretty much one of the coolest people I could think of, and I was it like, pretty much is yeah. There's no real cooler woman I think than Patty Smith. <laughs> she like invented cool she did yeah <laughs> oh well so much to talk about so that amazing moment where you find out you're going to have your first book published mm. um wow congratulations but not only that um I'm curious about the writing in this feels very easy like it feels very natural and you've said that you always wanted to be a writer mm. so can you talk through that journey from always wanting to be a writer to actually being a writer like what what did it take how long did this book take and 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 how did it take how long did it take for these ideas i guess to gel together and become the kind of smooth beautiful book object that you've created um well first of all thank you for saying that the writing feels easy because that's uh that's (laughs) ultimate goal isn't it I studied creative writing at uni um went straight into a a bachelor of arts um after high school I actually was doing a lot of screenwriting and script writing throughout most of my degree and then towards the like at the very very end like the last semester I had to pick a capstone subject and I just picked the one on Wednesday because that's when it fit my timetable. I actually didn't know what it was and then I rocked up and was like oh writing for children and young adults okay and I think within half an hour I was like this is it this is what I want to do. I can't believe I've wasted, you know, years of my degree, doing, you know, writing for stage or whatever, wasting, it's not, never a waste. Hmm. But I really, like, found my click. And then, um, yeah, I actually started writing Dancing Barefoot as my final assignment for my creative writing degree. I wrote the first chapter and it's actually very similar to what you read in the book, really, really similar. It starts in homeroom, you know, filling out those forms for camp and, um, it, you know, it has changed a bit, but in its essence, it is still the same. Hmm. And my tutor, who was this um, fantastic tutor called Amy Brown, she said, I want to see this. Hmm. It was, and that was really, you know, the first time that, some, like people had always been very encouraging, but this first time somebody had spotted an actual project and said, I reckon this, this has legs. So, yeah, I worked on it for 10 years. Sorry. 10 years. I didn't 10 know, years, I yeah. Quite. You mumbled quietly <laughs> under your breath. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um, from starting it at uni to publication, it was a decade. But, you know, those people who were like, yes, I wrote it in six months. I'm like, good for you. That's yeah. not how it was for me. I yeah. had jobs and and life going on and and so you know and it was your first novel like there's a lot to learn in 10 years it always surprises me uh when people kind of I hear of people who have written something they're like you know I'm gonna get it published I'm like you know literally have just sat down and written it and and I think, well, if you do any trade like a plumber or a you know, carpenter or tree arborist or whatever you do, you always train for a significant number of years before oh, yeah. you become that thing. Like there's very few things you have zero training in and why is writing any different? So to me, 10 years just feels completely normal that, it, you know, 
yes, you had all these other interruptions, but you were also like learning and it's, it's a good book. Like, it's not like it's a bad <laughs> book or something. It's a really good book. So it's no surprise that it took that long. And your next books will probably take a lot less because you've oh, probably God. learned a lot through that process. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope so. I, don't know. I don't think I can wait for another decade. No, you, no. Uh, I think that the writing in and of itself, you know, writing a scene, structure, characters that I didn't need to learn so much because I've been writing for years but a novel it's an unwieldy beast yeah it's a beast yeah yeah, there are so many different moving parts and you have to have everything connect and I know some people you know start at chapter one and then they tap 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 away on their laptop until you know chapter 27 and then they write the end (laughs) not me I'm like chapter 17 chapter (laughs) I don't even I didn't even realize it was done until I just sort of typed one day and then I was like, I think it's done. And I like called out to my partner. I was like, I think I finished my book. <laughs> really? Like I, I think I had like another 10,000 words to go. I was like, no, I think it's done. Feels good. It was very much a learning process in terms of actually structuring such a large mm. work. As you say, how many people have, you know, it's it's such a new skill to learn that you you really are learning as you're doing it. And there's nobody really there to teach you, like you know, writing books or workshops and stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's just you and your book alone yeah. with the characters in your head talking to yourself. You have to figure it out for yourself. You, you know? do. And so what kept you coming back to that project over and over again, do you think, over that 10 years? Passion for the characters and passion for telling a positive queer story. Mm-hmm. Just when I was a young queer reader, I can't remember ever reading a book when I was a teenager and seeing myself reflected on the page, ever. When I got a little older, there were some books that came out, but they were all pretty negative. You know, a character has a great life, then comes out and then everything, you know, goes down the toilet, ostracization and is that a word? I should know that. <laughs> You're a writer now. You're a writer and an English teacher. <laughs> Writers, uh, characters become ostracized um, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff happens, car crashes and eating disorders and all of mm-hmm. this stuff, which is reality for some people, but it wasn't really the reality for me. I didn't want to send that message that being queer means you have to be unhappy. I wanted a sweet, simple, funny rom-com that just happened to be queer. And mm-hmm. in the interim, lots of books like that have come out, which is wonderful, but I still think that it is especially queer sort of sapphic stories are still really quite underrepresented. And locally, I feel like we're we're catching up, but we have a much smaller industry than somewhere like the US where they can churn them out a bit more. You know, we have a few writers who are are doing amazing stuff in the queer YA space. Um, You know, people like Erin Goff and Jess Walton and Gary Lonesborough, but it's very, very recent that that's been happening I would say the last you know five to ten years it's so so recent like I write started writing this before you know Love Simon came out and that was I think a bit of a you know turning point for queer YA where publishers were saying oh this is viable people People love it yeah yeah because there are a lot of queer kids out there who who are just desperate for some some positive representation so I really wanted to write that and you know that sort of got me that got me out of bed in the morning when I was like oh it's my day off I could (laughs) could sleep in until 12 but I was Mm. like I better get up 
yeah better do some writing yeah go back in that fun land with patch in brunswick yeah mm-hmm. over the record store yeah. <laughs> um i'm a big casey mcquiston fan do you read oh, i love casey she's awesome well they're awesome yeah there is uh starting to become more books in that space uh which is fantastic and obviously Australia can always do better you know we can always have more of that and yours is just a really yeah uh exciting and joyful contribution to that space so yay (laughs) so in terms of the writing itself what sort of stumbling blocks did you find you talk about not being such a linear writer um was that hard keeping it all in your head and kind of tracking the momentum of the story not really actually mm-hmm. I think that's how you do it yeah yeah I think my brain is a very strange <laughs> place and so there's always you know there are always 50 things going on at once so it wasn't that wasn't such a an issue I think one of the biggest challenges was figuring out character voice for some of the characters specifically when you're, you know, you're writing and those character dynamics, when you're writing, you know, chapter 17, but you don't really know who the characters are just yet. So some scene, you know, there was there was plenty that just ended up in the metaphorical bin, you know, the digital bin um, that, you know, I was like, this is terrible. You know, and some characters like Patch, I just knew her from from day one. I, you know, she and I share a lot of similarities, but then people go, "Oh, is Patch you?" And I'm like, "Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Very, very different in a lot of ways." But we, you know, I was a scholarship kid at a private school. I, you know, was felt like the only gay kid at my school. I was definitely not. (laughs) Um, But at the time, you know, I was the only the only out kid that I knew of in my year of 275 kids pretty mm. much. So, I mean, I think there were like maybe one or two other people that there are those similarities. But, um, and, you know, Abigail, I knew Abigail really well. I knew what was motivating her from from day one. Other characters like Evie, you know, that she was a little trickier to figure out. Mm. I had some ideas about her. I, I knew sort of her backstory, but I needed to figure out her voice and what was motivating her in different scenes. So that I think that was probably the biggest challenge in, in wrangling a piece so large and having these characters that you spend so much time with, just sort of figuring things out. And sometimes there were little tangles and knots where I'm like, how am I going to solve this? And then, you know, in the shower at like 11 p.m., you go, <gasps> bingo, and then you end up writing till 2 and then you're exhausted at work the next day, but it's totally worth it because you're like, yes, I finally figured that out. Correct it, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's actually a really fun process. I think, um, you know, if you don't love writing, you don't become a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I love that thought that you have to keep it sort of simmering in the back of your head and occasionally it'll all just gel together because the unconscious brain works in mysterious ways I think uh, and often in the shower (laughs) or doing nature walks or driving or those kind of things. I'm I'm too gay to know how to drive so I actually (laughs) don't get the benefit of the, the driving thoughts but I hear they're really good the driving thoughts and they work really well too I've written stories in my head in trams or had moments of like clarity in a in a moving vehicle it doesn't have to be you driving yeah I'll have to get 
somebody to drive me around the country. I'm like, well, <laughs> on a tram and go from one end of the line to the other and just, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. Warm, warm water, moving vehicles, well, nature, that makes sense. I don't yeah. know. There's certain things that kind of provide a conducive atmosphere for your unconscious to just suddenly piece together all the struggly bits of the puzzle and you go, oh. Yeah. clarity love it someone i think it was yeah someone on twitter was like you know the moment they invent a shower you can go for a walk in <laughs> over for all of you i'm getting my book done that would be a great invention yeah like a little solar pack on your back and the shower over oh, you i didn't yeah. even think of that i was just thinking you're thinking much more creatively i was just you know, walking around in a massive shower i was like <laughs> the whole room? cubicle comes with you okay cool <laughs> Yeah, I like that too. Oh, well, next book idea. Um, Speaking of next books, uh, you're a teacher, right? So a high school teacher? Yeah. yeah, Full-time? Pretty much, yeah. Full-time high school teacher, English teacher. Yeah. Amazing. Um, What what grades do you teach? Mostly year eight at the moment. Oh, nice. Yeah. As well. So that's that's wonderful. But it is very, it's very busy because, you know, I've got teaching, I'm doing my master's and my first book come out. So it's, um, yeah, I always think like, oh, whose idea was this? And then my partner's like, yeah, it was yours. <laughs> That's amazing. So what's your master's in then? Teaching. Teaching as teaching. well. Oh, I do love teaching enough. I decided to do some more teaching and become a better teacher. So wow. um, it's, a, it's a lot of teaching, um, which actually I do love. So yeah. um, I think that, you know, teaching is kind of like writing, you know, it's a bit of a, I don't want to say a calling because that's yeah, that's naff, but it is yeah, it's it's definitely something that I just I can't imagine having it. Yeah, you feel drawn to, you're passionate about. So with that in mind, you're full-timing the secondary school English teacher, Mm. doing a master's. Mm. (laughs) How do you find time to write? Is it just on a Sunday or do you weave it into other parts of the day? To be perfectly honest, this year I I don't really find time to write yeah um yeah I used to when I was just teaching I used to just teach um English as an alternative language um and did that five days a week but it was actually pretty cruisy and I used to you know I could write in the afternoons although I'm not a great afternoon writer I really am a, I'm not a morning person but I'm a morning writer I mm-hmm. like wake up and broken properly open my eyes and really wake up I'm like grab the laptop, let's go, no time to be self-conscious about it. Um, But, yeah, honestly, at the moment I haven't had a whole lot of time. Whenever I do manage to get a free morning somewhere, I have been working on another project. And in lockdown I managed to get 40,000 words of a project out, which was like, that was wild. I'm becoming one of those six-month people. But then it sort of, you know, I haven't. Um, so I've got a couple sort of, but they're very much on the back burner, unfortunately, at the moment. That's that's okay. So you've got some stuff kind of, you know, there. So when you do have the time, you can leap back in. And yeah. and I think, honestly, it has also just been a really a super hectic year with, with Dancing Barefoot coming out, yeah. which has been so exciting, such a, a wonderful experience. But it's also meant that, like, every single minute of my day is accounted for at the moment so you know if I'm if I'm not teaching I'm doing lesson planning if I'm not doing lesson planning it's reports or marking or something and if it's not school then it's going to be uni 
you know, I've got 5,000 words due on Sunday, got another <laughs> 5,000 the week after, nice and, you know, teeny tiny assignments. And then, you know, if I'm not doing that, then there are sort of book edits that have needed to be done this past year as well. So if I could, sorry, Melbourne Uni, but if I could get rid of one, <laughs> <laughs> I would, my ideal world is teaching and writing. You know, yeah. I'd love to be able to, you know, teach four days a week and, and write on on the fifth day that would be the dream and that's the eventual goal but you'll get there um yeah yeah, masters are finite like they can be yeah yeah I mean I hope so (laughs) do this forever Um, well that's exciting well you've got a wonderful leverage point to begin with you know award-winning book and yeah yeah (laughs) by all accounts it's doing really well it's got a fantastic cover um so that itself will probably help sell the book as well as the fact it's just a fantastic book it like you say it's positive it's joyful even the title dancing barefoot is joyful makes me happy everything about this book makes me happy so thank you for writing it but also thank you for talking us through you know the magic of writing this thing my pleasure thank you so much for having me yeah, well, best of luck for its journey and uh, we can't wait to, yeah, for you to finish your master's so you can write the next oh, one. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for me to finish my master's and have a big nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a big nap and then start the next one. And yeah. then, you know, <laughs> yeah, I reckon yeah. Give, it, yeah. give it a year or two and we'll be ready to roll. <laughs> Exciting. All right. Thanks so much, Alice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sunshine House podcast. This episode was recorded on Bundjalung land in northern New South Wales and was produced by Jen Pitch, Virtual Creatrix. The music was written by Gregor Hutchka and produced by Brett Canning. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating or a review on your favourite podcast platform. This helps the podcast find new listeners. If you're a children's book creator, join us at the Sunshine House Facebook group, a warm and fuzzy place to feel supported and inspired. I'm in the process of building an online course for kids book creators and aspiring authors. If you're interested to know more, please subscribe to the newsletter on my website and I'll be sure to keep you updated. Visit www.zannylouise.com. I'd also love to shine a light on the amazing Room to Read charity, which helps educate girls around the world. To learn more, visit roomtoread.org.